Um, as a dad, one of the things that you have to be good at is telling dad jokes. So I just want to test out a couple on this morning and see how you go. I do not trust stairs. They're always up to something. That's poor, isn't it? Let's try another one. I, I do not trust lifts. They're always bringing me down. No. I don't trust trees in the sunshine. They're very, very shady. You're good. I'm glad you do. Brilliant. Uh, and, and the last one, I never trust anyone that I see using graph paper. They're always plotting something. No. Okay. Terrible, terrible jokes. But in all seriousness, we all struggle with trust, don't we? All of us, we struggle to trust people. We're in a world where trust is eroding. We struggle to trust the media, don't we? Why do we struggle to trust them? Because so often what they report as being true turns out to be false. We struggle sometimes to trust politicians because what they promise us is fantastic, but sometimes, even though they don't mean to, they don't deliver on what they've promised. We struggle to trust businesses and, and the claims they make about their products. Why? Because we know that they will tell us anything to sell those things to us. And here's the thing, even those closest to us, even our best friends, even our life partners, even members of our own family, at times we can even struggle to trust them because we know they're capable of lies. We live in a world where it's really hard to trust anybody. We live in a world where it's very difficult to really trust anybody. And yet we long for someone to trust, don't we? We long for someone who we can have complete confidence in. We long to have someone in our lives who'll never lie to us. We long to have someone in our lives who will always do what they say they're going to do. In this world, it seems there's no one we can really trust. And yet in our hearts, we all long for someone we can but this Easter Sunday, this day when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, I want to say to you that there is someone this morning who you can trust, who you can trust wholeheartedly, who you can trust completely, who you can fully rely upon to do the things they say they're going to do. And this morning, that person is Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to take a look at this passage together. And I hope that as we look at it, you will see why Jesus is that one person who we can always trust no matter what. So let's have a look at our passage. It begins on day one. It's Friday afternoon, and Jesus is buried. There he is on the cross. His lifeless body hangs there. There is a pile of blood beneath him. He's dead. And what happens? Have a look at verse 57. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it into his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. 
across the Roman Empire, they, thought, they, they crucified thousands and thousands of people. Crucifixion was nothing strange in the Roman Empire. It was very, very normal. They did it publicly so that people walking past would think, I'm never going to mess with the Romans. But across the Roman Empire, after someone had died, do you know what they did? And this is a bit gross. They left the bodies up there. They left them on the cross, and the vultures would come and take them apart. Disgusting. But not in Jerusalem. You see, Jerusalem was a very Jewish city. Jerusalem was a city where most people were Jewish, and most people there held to the teachings of the Bible. And there was something that God had said in His Word that meant that criminals in Jerusalem were buried. In Deuteronomy 21, God says this, If someone is guilty of a capital offense and is put to death, and their body is exposed on a pole, you must not leave the body hanging on the pole overnight. Be sure to bury it the same day. Although they didn't have to, those who died by crucifixion in Jerusalem were buried. The Romans let that happen. Now, usually they were put into a mass grave. Usually they were put into a grave that was assigned for criminals to be put in. But not the body of Jesus. As Jesus' lifeless body hung there, a rich man, in other words, a man of influence, a man of power, went to Pilate, the governor. And he said to Pilate, Pilate, I want Jesus' body. I want to give him a burial in my own tomb. And Pilate said, okay. Why did he say okay? He knew Jesus was innocent, didn't he? We, we saw that from the trial last week. Pilate knew that Jesus was no criminal. And maybe the thought of be, Jesus being buried with criminals just didn't sit right with him. So Joseph of Arimathea, this rich man of influence, he took the body of Jesus to his own tomb. It had never been used before. It was a new one. And he wrapped the body in linen. There would have been spices in there too so that the body wouldn't stink after a few days. And he put Jesus' corpse in the tomb. And he rolled the stone over the entrance. Although it says he, he probably needed a team of people to do that. These were huge stones. They were there to stop people getting in. And what are we told too? We're told that two Marys were there. Mary Magdalene and another Mary. Maybe they'd helped to put the spices on Jesus' body. And they saw where Jesus was buried. It's Friday night. And before the sun goes down, Jesus is buried in a tomb. But after the sun goes down on the Friday night, that starts the next day. That starts the Sabbath day, day number two. And after the sun goes down, the religious leaders, they start to panic. They start to panic about something. What are they panicking about? They're panicking that Jesus' disciples are going to say that he rose from the dead. Have a look at verse 62. Have a look at what it says there. The next day, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. 
This last deception will be worse than the first. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus Christ is dead and he is buried. But the words he spoke while he was alive, the the things that he taught people were ringing in the religious leaders' ears. And there was one thing they could hear him say over and over again. After three days, I will rise. After three days, Jesus has said, I will come back from the dead. What a claim. After three days, you will see me again because I'm going to rise from the dead. As the lifeless body of Jesus lay in the tomb, the religious leaders could hear this thing going round in their heads. Now, of course, they didn't believe he was going to rise from the dead. Who rises from the dead? Nobody does. They thought Jesus was a deceiver. They thought he was a liar. They thought that all of the claims he made were false. He claimed to be the Son of God. What nonsense, thought the religious leaders. He claimed that he was the way to heaven. What rubbish, thought the religious leaders. He claimed he could forgive people's sins. What a lie, the religious leaders thought. He claimed he could give people new life transformed life, new starts. What rubbish, thought the religious leaders. You see, the religious leaders, they thought Jesus was a liar. They thought he was a liar. That's why they had him crucified. And just like all of these other claims, they knew he wouldn't rise from the dead. They knew he was a con man. But they were worried. They were worried that his disciples might make it look like he rose from the dead. They were worried that the disciples might go in in the dead of night, roll the stone away, take the dead body of Jesus, and say to everybody, he's risen from the dead. They're worried that if they did that, people might start to trust Jesus and believe Jesus. So what do they do? They go to Pilate, and they say, hey, Pilate, can we get a few security men in that tomb? Can you send a few of your lads around to to, to stand guard to make sure nobody takes the body? And so he does. They seal the tomb. They, They probably put wax around the stone to make sure that if anyone tried to move it, it would be noticed. And they posted guards there, men who were gonna guard the tomb to make sure that nobody got in to steal the body. Have a look at verse 65. There's Pilate's response. Take a guard, Pilate answered, Go and make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and make the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Friday afternoon, day one, the dead body of Jesus is put in the tomb. The sun goes down and on Friday night, two guards are posted, maybe even more guards to guard the tomb to make sure that nobody steals the body. And then we fast forward And we get to the third day. We get to Sunday morning. And when the ladies, Mary and Mary, who saw where Jesus' body, they decide that they're going to go to the tomb. I'm sure some of you have had a loved one die. I'm sure some of you know that pain and that sadness. I'm sure like these ladies, you've gone to the grave of that loved one just to feel close to them, just to feel near to them in some way again. 
And that's what Mary and Mary are doing. They're, they're going to the tomb. They're, they're going to the gravesite of Jesus just to feel close to him again. But there's a problem, a big problem, a huge problem. They get to the tomb and look at what happens whenever they get there. Verse 2 of chapter 28, there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. Then here's the worrying thing for the ladies. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. They get there. They go to feel close to Jesus again. And they find out that he's not there. He's not in the tomb. Where is he? Verse 6 again. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. These women are going to the tomb. They're expecting to find the stone there. They're expecting that Jesus' body is still inside. But when they get there, something terrifying happens. An angel appears. I've said this before. When we think of angels, we think of like the tooth fairy or Tinkerbell. But the Bible's picture of an angel is more like a warrior, a soldier. And this angel appears, and this angel moves the stone out of the way. And he says to them, Jesus isn't here. He's risen from the dead. And then what does the angel do? The angel invites them to come in and see. The angel has moved the stone not to let Jesus out. He's gone. The angel has moved the stone so that the women can come in and see for themselves. And so they go in and they see where he lay and they see the grave clothes. And it's just like the angel has said. Jesus isn't there. They're terrified. Wouldn't you be terrified? Wouldn't you be completely and utterly freaked out? An angel, and you're expecting to see a dead body, and the angel says he's not here, he's risen from the dead, but they're also delighted. They're a mix of a million emotions. Have a look at verse 8. You see that there? Hurrying away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, they ran to his disciples. And as they're running away from the tomb, they get confirmation this is true. Because who do they bump into? The Lord Jesus Christ himself. Verse 9, they came to him and they clasped his feet. This was no ghost. They touched him and they worshipped him. But in the middle of that, did you notice what was said? The religious leaders said, guard the tomb because Jesus is a deceiver. Guard the tomb because he said he's going to rise from the dead. Guard the tomb because there's no way that's going to happen and the disciples are going to take the body. Guard the tomb because we don't want anyone trusting these things that Jesus has said. But no one stole the body. Jesus did what he said he would do. Jesus rose from the dead like he said he was going to. He kept the promise, that incredible promise 
that he said he would keep. This morning, we're all looking for someone we can trust. This morning, we're all looking for someone we can rely on wholeheartedly. Is Jesus not that person? Think about it for a minute. Here is someone who said they were going to rise from the dead. What an impossible promise to make. Imagine I said that to you. Imagine I said that to you. Folks, you see this on Monday, I'm going to die, okay? They're going to kill me on Monday. But you see on Wednesday, I'll rise from the dead again. You'd think I'd lost it, wouldn't you? You would know that there's no way that I could follow through on that claim. You know that is an impossible promise to keep. And yet that's exactly what Jesus said. I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. He kept what seemed to be a completely impossible promise. And folks, this morning what this shows us is that Jesus is able to keep all of his promises. Jesus is able to keep absolutely every promise that he made. What did he promise? He promised that those who rely on him for forgiveness will be forgiven. No matter what their past, no matter how deep their sin, no matter how difficult they find it to forgive themselves, Jesus said he can forgive. He can keep that promise. You can trust him for that this morning. What else did he promise? He promised that those who trust in him, although they die, will live. That they'll one day rise again and have eternal life with God. Maybe you're here this morning and the thought of death terrifies you. Maybe you're here this morning and the thought of what is next is frightening to you. Listen to the promise of Jesus. Whoever dies, if they trust me, will live. He can keep that promise and the resurrection shows he can. Maybe you're here this morning though and and you just want a different life. Maybe you're here this morning and you're struggling and you want a change in your life. You want to be a different person. And you've tried to do it on your own and you've tried so hard to be different and you can't. Jesus says this morning that he can give you a new life. He can make you become born again. He can give you a fresh start. He can change you from the inside out. That's a promise he gives this morning. And the fact of his resurrection shows that he can keep that promise to the end. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel lonely. Maybe you feel isolated. Maybe you feel like you do not have a friend in the world. Jesus promises that those who trust in him, he will never leave or forsake. He can keep that promise this morning. Maybe you're here and you just don't know where your life's going. Jesus promises that he will lead and guide you. And the resurrection shows that he can keep that promise. We all long this morning for someone we can trust. And what the resurrection says to each of us is that Jesus is that person. This morning, if you're here and you're trusting him, but you're struggling to trust him or you're wondering if you've made the right decision trusting him, let the resurrection reassure you. 
This morning, if you're here, though, and you've never trusted him, you're living without him, and you long to have the things he offers you, why not make today the day you trust him? Why not make today the day you turn to the risen Lord Jesus Christ and say to him, I trust you for my forgiveness. I trust you for eternal life. I trust you to be with me. I trust you to guide me. I trust you to change me. Folks, this morning, I want to encourage you to trust him. Why? Because he is completely and utterly trustworthy. Jesus is the one we're all longing for. And this morning he says, you can have me in your life. Tonight, we're going to look at the evidence for the resurrection. Maybe you're here this morning and you like the sound of all of that, but you just cannot believe for a second that the resurrection actually happened. If that's you, I want to encourage you to come out tonight at 7 o'clock. We're going to look at the evidence for the resurrection. And I want to encourage you that the only thing that makes sense of what happened on that Easter Sunday is that Jesus really rose from the dead. Come out tonight. Explore it for yourself. Be assured in your faith. Let's pray together now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that Jesus did not 